Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt and uh, Ashley is here and Kyle is here too. Say hello, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ashley. Yeah, so uh, welcome. This is your first uh, Mashley at the Movies appearance, Kyle. And uh, <laughs> we are back with a special episode. Uh, last week we started off our Black History Month special podcast series with The Learning Tree. And we're back this week with a movie from last year that we never got around to talking about. And it's uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Ashley's going to tell us about it. So The Last Black Man in San Francisco is directed by Joe Talbot. And it stars Jimmy Fales as a character named Jimmy Fales, who lives, um, he's he's a black man, he lives on the kind of the outskirts, I guess, of San Francisco with his best friend, Mont, and uh, Mont's grandfather. Um, All he really wants is to be able to move back into the city, preferably or specifically into the house that his grandfather built, um, the beautiful house that his grandfather built um, after the war. Um, This is his dream. This is what he strives for. in the movie, and that's kind of the, the setup for the, the plot of this, this film. So, yeah. Matt, what'd you think? So, uh, I liked it. It's an interesting movie to digest. I uh, was I kind of not sure what I was watching at certain points. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but toward the, the last third of it or so, I don't know. I don't know whether I just kind of got used to its rhythms or whatever, but I, I sort of kind of got, maybe got it a little bit more and was really moved by, was really moved by it. Um, and I particularly like the music, which was done by Emil Mosseri. Um, what I find interesting about this movie, uh, just as an aside, um, is uh, this is a featured direct uh, 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 debut for uh, Joe Talbot. He's a director. Mm-hmm. His first feature film. Uh, Joe, Joe Talbot's white. And I didn't know that until I looked him up afterward. And... and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, right? But it's just interesting that um, this, the subject matter, I mean, almost, almost everyone in this movie is African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few white people here. But it's very concentrated on uh, sort of like the African-American experience in San Francisco. Um, so, yeah, I was just a little surprised that the director was not also African-American, but that's fine. I was also reading that he is good friends with um, Jimmy Falls, who, who plays Jimmy mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I, I really liked it, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, Kyle, what did you think of it? Um, I also, at times, uh, kind of lost focus of what I was watching. <laughs> Certainly a uh, art house film. Um, you know, there are lulls. It's not the typical Hollywood formula, but uh, the, the acting was incredible. The cinematography, I thought, was really, really good. Um, and... I think they did a good job of telling the story they were telling. And it was interesting. It was a story about gentrification that doesn't talk about gentrification Mm -hmm. at all. Or (laughs) use that word or, you know, it's about a house that their family lost, but it never really shows how they lost it or the mechanics of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting that that it didn't try to be just, you know, like a, a, a discussion about something that's obviously been discussed pretty thoroughly. Yeah. So I love this movie quite a bit. Um, I think it's beautifully made and beautifully strange in the way that it's told. Um, It's a really unique 
movie. And um, it feels very real and very unreal at the same time, if that makes any sense. So it's, a, it's just a very strange experience watching, watching the movie. And I, I really liked that um, unusual beauty. Um, it, like you said, it, it tells a story about gentrification because, you know, the, the, the neighborhood where this house resides is based on what we learn in the movie. It was predominantly, it was always um, people of color who lived in this neighborhood and until recently. Um, now it's white people. The housing prices in San Francisco are through the roof and, um, yeah, no one can afford to live there unless they're rich white people essentially. But the, the movie never, like you said, the, the movie never explains that. It, yeah. it shows it. it. It's very clear what's going on. Um, yeah, so this, it's a movie about what it means to to have a home, what it means, what home means. Um, but specifically, what I really loved about the movie was its depiction of the friendship between Jimmy and Mont, which... I thought it was very unusual to see that kind of love, pl- platonic love between two black men. Well, between two men in general, but particularly two black men. Um, I thought that was really something special. I don't know what you guys thought. No, I mean, I actually was... I actually asked Ashley this after we watched it, but um, I was like, so so did... And particularly Mont is how I phrased that. So, so did Mont... Was Mont like in love with Jimmy? Or was he just, he really, really, really liked him as a friend? Or right. I mean, and be, I don't know. And I don't want to like, you have to be careful here because you don't necessarily, you know, we want to encourage strong heterosexual male friendships, right? Mm-hmm. And so every time there is one, you don't want to be like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Right? <laughs> so I don't want to do that. But it, I mean, I thought it was something I was curious about because they you know, Mott particularly, I mean, really likes Jimmy. Uh, I mean, they have a really close friendship. And there's a scene where they're in this, they're in the house, the particular house that, you know, uh, kind of this all circle, circles. And um, I think Jimmy says, like, you know, this like this is your home too. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're welcome here. And it's just, it's, it's very, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's deep, right? Um, and there's stuff going on there. There's also a part of the movie where Mott kind of tells Jimmy, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, you know, man, it's just a house, right? It's just a house. It's just some four walls. Don't be so obsessive about it, basically. And I don't know. It, I was conflicted about that because on the one hand, it's true, right? I mean, you can't just obsess over something, uh, particularly an object, a physical mm-hmm. thing, to the point that you lose sight of, you know, the more important things in life, right? But on the other hand, I mean, we make a big deal about structures. Mm-hmm. I mean... We put his structures on a historic register. People pay money to go see like really old things that have quote unquote importance in you know whether they're you know uh, for the country or for a community. Um, and a person's a person can grow like Jimmy. Jimmy grew up in that house, right, with uh, in his grandfather's house, and developed as we all do to a certain extent an emotional attachment to a building mm-hmm. um, because of the people that were in there because of the memories that were created there and experienced there. Um, so it's also, I think, a little unfair to also say, like, eh, it's just, it's just a house. Yeah. I, I think that that, uh, to me, the, the obvious sort of parallel is that the, the house was 
symbolic of family for him. He's, he's a kid who um, they mentioned he was in foster care. His Both his parents, I think, had substance issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, both his parents are very... Um, sort of in a, in a strange sort of fashion introduced in the film just very briefly and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's clear that for him the house was represented when the family was family and yeah. him trying to regain the house or maintain the house it seemed like that was his way of trying to sort of rebuild his identity and I thought that was kind of an interesting sort of uh, vibe with it yeah yeah and you can make a home anywhere. I mean, I think he thought of the house as a home, right? Mm-hmm. I think maybe what Mott was trying to say was, you know, you can make a home anywhere, though. And it doesn't have to be in the place, like, that your grandfather owned and stuff. Um, and I, it, it, you, it's interesting about gentrification, Kyle, because it is sort of sort of the, the elephant in the room, although they mm-hmm. never really talk about it. But, you know, I don't have any... At hand, any I don't have any statistics to back this up, but I feel like you know, in most cases, gentrification does disproportionately affect you know people of color mm-hmm. um, as they are moved out, priced out of you know the neighborhoods that they've been living in uh, for so long. And there's also a thing going on here with that where the water in their area, like I don't know if it's a bay or something, mm-hmm. has been terribly unclean mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. But now they're kind of gentrifying it. They're sending in people in hazmat suits, right, uh-huh. to clean up the water. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, they never were doing that. They never cared about cleaning up the water when it was just, oh, well, people of color live here. But now, like, that they're trying to gentrify it and bring in other folks, it's, it's, it's all about cleaning yeah. it up. Yeah, and I love that the film had that uh, aspect of environmental justice, which is, in itself, environmental justice is a concept that was created, I, I think, in the 90s, maybe the early 2000s. Um, I believe the original person, it was in uh, Houston, it was a professor who was basically trying to identify uh, landfills. Because uh-huh. there was no, I mean, there wasn't, wasn't even a registry down there. And, and uh, you know, him and students were able to map that out and show that it was almost every single one was next to a black neighborhood. And, um, you know, that's something that, I mean, obviously when you look at Flint, um, and now I guess Newark, New Jersey, and, you know, lead uh, in the water, I mean, this is something that, uh, black Americans, I think one of the obstacles and um, that they face that is not really discussed a lot. So I really like that they sort of captured that. And the whole, uh, the, the, the preacher at the beginning that was like the uh, narrator is very, very spikely. But he, um, yeah. saying, why, why are they wearing masks and we don't got masks? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, you mentioned the, the, the score earlier. I, I agree. I thought that was really good. I also liked the soundtrack, the songs that they picked um, to play throughout. Um, the whole movie, visually and, and through the music, has, there's, a, there's a melancholy sense that it creates, but it, there's also definitely punches of humor. Um, and there, it's a very bright, vibrant uh, movie. The opening scene I thought was fantastic. It was one of the opening scenes where they're on the skateboard together and you, you immediately get their bond. You, you immediately get a, a vision of where they are. And, and yeah, just in, with that, within that one opening sequence, you, you learn a lot about the, the location and the people. And um, it's just really great, um, really well done. And I love the last scene too, which I will mm-hmm. talk about. Oh, this is, yeah. If there's one thing I have to ding this on, and it's ultimately fairly minor, but um, Danny Glover's in this. Yeah. 
And I like Danny Glover, but everyone else in this movie I wasn't familiar with. Mike Epps? Mike Epps. Okay, so Mike Epps is, yeah. But not a lot, though, right? But no, yeah, very, but, yeah. But, um, but Jimmy Fails, I mean, I'm just looking at IMDb, he's only got three acting credits, and Jonathan Majors, who played Mott, I mean, he's got a few, but nothing that's been a huge, like... What about the realtor? Cause I yeah. Feel, I feel like he's played, like, the same sort of, like, evil, rich guy. <laughs> yeah, Finn it's, Whitrock. He's been in American Horror Story. That's, uh, and, that's what it was. Yeah, I knew it was something... He was actually in uh, Bill Street Could Talk, which I don't remember him in that movie, but I guess maybe my point's not very good, but for some reason, Danny Glover showing up uh, took me out of it. Every time he was in this movie, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like... Oh, there's Danny Glover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's very recognizable, too, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yeah, the, the two main stars, are, I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit how long it took me to be able to differentiate between the two stars because mm-hmm. I, I was, I mean, obviously, I've never seen their faces before. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're that unfamiliar. And I thought that was what was really cool about the movie is it, it feels so much real that way. And they both were, you know, really incredible actors. Yeah. Oh, no. I, lo- I love the relationship they had, though, with the Danny Glover character, because he's blind, right? And mm-hmm. I love how his, his grandson kind of narrates the, the TV shows that they're watching. And mm-hmm. they all, the, all three of them sit together watching television. I thought, I thought those were sweet, sweet yeah. scenes. It's a sweet movie. It's a good movie. It's, it's, it's different, right? Uh, but it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, so, so Kyle here, we always, at the end when we uh, talk about a movie, we give it a score uh, between 0 and 10. 10 obviously being the best, 0 <laughs> not. So, oh, man, I didn't think about that beforehand. <laughs> so we'll go first. So, um, Ashley, what do you give it at, Tim? Uh, this gets a 9 for me. I'll give it uh, an 8.5. And, and Kyle, what would you give it? <laughs> and this, this would be a score of just my personal. Yeah, just your oh, personal. Just my personal of how I enjoyed it. Uh do eight. Eight. All right. So then our score is an eight and a half. And it is on the tomato meter as a critic score of a certified fresh 93% and an audience score of 84%. So we kind of line up with the audience. Right with the audiences. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks for joining us for another special edition uh, Black History Month. We'll have another special episode for this next week. And Kyle, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.